this is uh, Jody Meyer, Chair of the Historic Resources Commission. I will go ahead and um, call to order the August 18th meeting of the Historic Resources Commission. Lynn and Avery, do you want to give the preliminary information? Yes, thank you, Chair Meyer. This is Avery Kerner, Planning Staff, and I have just a few housekeeping items for tonight's hybrid meeting. This meeting is being recorded and broadcast on the city's YouTube channel and cable channel 25. For those participating via Zoom, please remember to mute yourself during the meeting when you're not speaking. Unless you are participating during the meeting, please also turn your video off. This allows the active meeting participants to be seen on screen. When you are participating, please keep your video on. We also ask that everyone state their name each time before they speak to ensure that everyone is able to follow along. And with that, I'll turn the meeting back over to the chair. Thank you. This is Chair Meyer again. Um, I just wanted to say that I had every intention of being back in person today, uh, but for the fact that my 19-year-old son was moving into his apartment and that uh, was a little bit of work on, for, on my part today. So, um, so sorry about that. Uh, we will go ahead with our agenda this evening. Um, first item on the agenda is communications. Have we received any communications from other commissions, the State Historic Preservation Officer and or the general public? Lynn Braddock-Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. First Chair, you would want to take a roll call vote. Oh, yes. Okay. I guess I'll do that. I'm sorry. Uh, I will take a roll call vote. What's funny is, is I actually took it on a piece of paper before we started, but I didn't say it out loud. So I will take a roll call vote. Commissioner Irby. Commissioner Irby here. Commissioner Johnson. Commissioner Johnson here. Commissioner Ezell. Commissioner Ezell here. Commissioner Klein. Commissioner Klein present. Commissioner Coleman. Commissioner Coleman here. Commissioner Hawley. Commissioner Hawley present. And Commissioner Meyer is here, so we are, have a full deck tonight. Now we will attend to the communications. Lynn Braddock-Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. You had one communication for this evening, and it is your public agenda item that you can discuss during that time. Okay. This is Chair Meyer again. Thank you. Do we have any disclosure of ex parte communications by any commissioners this evening? I see none. Uh, do we have any declaration of abstentions for specific agenda items by commissioners this evening? I see none. Do we have any committee reports this evening? Lynn Braddock-Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. We have no committee reports this evening. This is Chair Meyer again. Um, we will then move on to our consent agenda. Um, we have a number of design review applications, which have already been administratively reviewed and approved by staff. Is there any public comment item? This is Avery Kerner, planning staff. There's no public comment for this item. This is Chair Meyer again. Since we have no public comment on this item, we'll bring it back to the commission for discussion or a motion. I move approval of the um, agenda items um, in the staff report. 
seconded. Commissioner Holly. This is Chair Meyer. There has been a motion and a second, so I will take a roll call vote. Commissioner Irby. Sorry. Commissioner Irby, I think you froze up there, or maybe I did. I don't know. Am I the problem here? Okay. Commi Sorry, Commissioner Irby, did you get my eye? I did not, but I do now. Sorry, my I guess my internet is unstable for some reason. Sorry, Commissioner Irby is an eye. Okay, thank you. Uh, Commissioner Johnson? Commissioner Johnson, aye. Commissioner Rizal? Commissioner Rizal, aye. Commissioner Klein? Commissioner Klein, aye. Commissioner Coleman? Commissioner Coleman, aye. Commissioner Holly. Commissioner Holly, aye. Okay, and Commissioner Myers, an aye. So that motion carries seven to zero. Okay, we will then move on to the general public comment portion of the evening. Is there any general public comment? This is Avery Kerner, planning staff. I do not believe there's any one here for general public comment. This is Chair Meyer again. Thank you. Um, the next item on the agenda then is our public hearing items. Um, we have one public hearing item this evening, which is DR-22-00228, which is 900 Rhode Island Street. Lynn Braddock Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. Good evening, Commissioners. You do have one agenda item this evening, and that is 900 Rhode Island Street. It is um, both a state law review and a certified local government, I'm sorry, and a um, certificate of appropriateness review. The property is listed in the National Register of Historic Places as a contributing structure to the North Rhode Island Street Historic Residential District. And the property is also listed as a landmark on the Lawrence Register of Historic Places. This is the project location. It's the blue rectangle here. The red is the National Register Historic District. Um, over here at 905 is the Social Service League that's also listed in the Lawrence Register. And then the blue denotes that um, 900 Rhode Island is listed in the Lawrence Register of Historic Places. This is the main facade or the west elevation of the structure. A close-up of that structure. I love this structure, so you're going to see a lot of photos. <laughs> this is the north elevation of the structure. In the staff report, it's noted a couple of times about the first historic addition. So this is the historic structure, and then this is a historic addition that was placed not too long after the um, historic structure was constructed. This is showing the rear or the east elevation of the structure. And I think we should recommend that this stay here. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> this is showing a different view. of This is the rear of the structure here and then a portion of that north side. Sorry, south side. 
And this is showing the south side of the historic structure. And you can see a little bit of the addition right back here. So the project is a complete rehabilitation of the structure with an addition on the rear. Um, this is showing the site plan with the large structure here with the original or the historic addition here. And then this would be the new addition that's adjacent to the alley, although it's set back a little bit from that south property line behind the existing um, addition. And then it's also recessed from the north property line. Um, you can see here, this is the property line and this is where the new addition starts. Just want to briefly look at the floor plans because there is so much work being done. This is the proposed floor plan for the basement. Here you'll see the addition um, with the kitchen prep area, a staff restroom, and then reconfigured space for a hallway and some bathrooms, and then a kitchen here um, with this is the bar area and the prep area for the kitchen. There'll be a service area bar here in the center of the structure. And then over in this corner, there'll be a new set of um, hopefully code compliant stairs, which we don't have in the building right now. And then this is the existing door on that north elevation that would go down into the basement space. This is showing the first floor, the main level of the structure. The stage will be maintained. There's that stairway that's code compliant showing here. The front doors will be rehabilitated and saved in place. All the historic wood windows will be rehabilitated and repaired and stay in place. The stage will stay in place, although there'll be a new ramp um, to make it code compliant um, to get up on that north side. You'll see here the restrooms and then this is my favorite. I'm told it's a necessity for event spaces, but it's a green room for um, visiting bands. This is, you'll note it in the elevations when we get there, this is a balcony um, to the exterior. This is showing the primary facade as it will appear after the addition. You'll notice that there will be no, if you're looking dead on to the structure, you won't be able to see the new addition. This is showing that north elevation where you have the historic building, the historic addition, and now this is the proposed new addition. Um, the applicant worked really hard trying to find materials that would complement um, the historic structure. We already had the brick and the lap siding, and it was thought that a stucco would be um, a good determination that it's a new structure, but also it's modern and compatible. The windows are in scale with the windows on the historic structures, and then there's the balcony. You can see it a little bit better when we do. Um, there's some perspectives included in your packet. There, This is actually an open area that's an ADA ramp into the um, bottom level of the building. This is showing that addition on the east elevation. Here's the balcony that I mentioned. In your staff report, it mentions saving a historic wood window. That's this window right here. This is that area that's covered for the ADA ramp. 
This is showing the south elevation. Uh, as I mentioned, the wood windows will be repaired and maintained in place. This is the new addition. It has no fenestration, but it is completely covered um, because of its location. You won't be able to see it except for from the alley. A couple of perspectives to show what the architect has intended for the addition. Again, this is showing that main facade where you won't really see the addition at all. This is looking to the southwest. Um, you'll see the addition here, um, the small addition, then this portion of the addition that has an interesting roof line, which you can see in another perspective we'll show in a minute. Um, this shows that ADA ramp underneath the balcony area. A close-up of that balcony area and the area below, you can see the ADA ramp better in this perspective. This is showing that um, the new addition looking to the northwest, and there's that wall with no fenestration, but you do have fenestration along the alley. And here's an aerial view showing you the different roof lines. If you'll notice, the original structure had a gabled roof. The first historic addition had a flat roof. This new addition has primarily a flat roof with a small parapet. This area over here is very unique. They were trying to get head height um, for that second story um, use, and that's why it looks different. So staff is recommending approval of the project and re recommends that you find in accordance with the Secretary of the Interior Standards, the standards of evaluation, that the proposed project does not damage or destroy any historic property listed in the National Reg uh, Register of Historic Places or the Register of Historic Kansas Places. Staff is also recommending that you approve the Certificate of Appropriateness in accordance with Chapter 22 of the Code of the City of Lawrence, the Standards of Evaluation, and find that the proposed project will not significantly encroach on damage or destroy the landmark or its environs. And with that, I'd be happy to stand for any questions you might have. This is Chair Meyer again. Thank you, Lynn. Um, is the applicant present? Yeah, good evening, Chair Meyer. This is Patrick Watkins. Good evening, commissioners. Um, I'm really pleased to be a part of this group and pleased to present this plan to you. Um, I, I can actually see my face and I see how well this light brings out the black eye I got this weekend playing kickball. So I want to get that out in front of everyone before we have to dwell on it too much. And we can hopefully go back to some visuals of the uh, the turn holla. Um, but I, I'm thrilled to be a part of this. Um, you all probably know about this building and certainly you've seen it on the corner and thought about its eventual rehabilitation one day. and. I'm thrilled that we're at this place where we get to look at it and see a plan. Um, maybe not all of you know about the history of the Turn Hollow, though. Here we go. And 
Um, I think Dennis Brown is here. He'll probably comment and, and give you a little bit of insight, but I've been a part of the Lawrence Preservation Alliance for the last several years, and I've gotten familiar with this history, and it's really a remarkable one. Um, this building um, may not be standing today if not for the efforts of the Preservation Alliance. Part of their efforts, which, which I'm sure Dennis might reference, included buying the building, which is a remarkable undertaking for a volunteer board a nonprofit of its size, but in their efforts, which restored the the roof with the help of the Heritage uh, Council, they also placed a covenant on the property to ensure that any potential project that was considered at this site would preserve uh, the remarkable history, the, the remarkable character of this building. Um, that covenant also requires that any potential project be considered a tax credit project and meet the Secretary of Interior's guidelines for preservation, which means that the Kansas State Historical Society, the National Park Service are both going to get a look at this. The covenant also requires that the LPA take a look at it and make sure that it meets their uh, very high expectations uh, for a project. And so most of the duties to preserve are really cooked into that covenant. And, and I hope that makes your job a little bit easy to know that there are gonna be multiple groups looking at this. Um, and, and we can all rest assured that this valuable historical property is gonna be preserved and protected. With that said, the scale of this project is, is really remarkable, especially the preservation efforts that are gonna be over undertaken. Uh, the windows uh, will soon be removed in their entirety shipped off to Oklahoma City to a nationally recognized preservation consul consultant um, who will rebuild them and, and, and put them back in. Um, structural components of the building are gonna have to be restacked entirely, massive masonry work on the building. Um, we're, we're contemplating a fixed structure within to support some of the, the large masonry areas that may have been removed uh, when the addition, first addition was added. So staggering amount of, of preservation work. This might be one of the best examples of a full-scale preservation effort. And, and I think the owner and every consultant that's looked at this is really pleased to see uh, that sort of work happening here. Um, I'm, I'm fortunate to also have been engaged by the owner um, and, and help select uh, the designer on this. I don't think anybody knows more about the turn hall than, than maybe Stan Hernley and Mike Myers. Um, they're well recognized within the preservation community. I think we're thrilled to have them on board. Uh, I, I personally got to meet with them a number of times with the owner and saw the work that they were doing to, to preserve this building. And I think they've come up with a really thoughtful design. Um, Mike, I know, is, is on the call and Stan is here. Um, I'll let them fill in the gaps on any sort of design-related qu questions. Um, but we're thrilled that, to have staff's review. We're, we're happy to have their recommendation for approval. We're, we're happy to respond to any questions that you all may have um, and see that, that this long-standing cultural uh, historic building uh, sees its eventual improvement. So thank you for your time. Look forward to your questions. Chair Meyer again. Thank you, Patrick. Um, is there any public comment on this item? This is Avery Kerner, planning staff. Yes, we do have public comment on this item. Uh, good evening, commissioners. Uh, Dennis Brown representing Lawrence Preservation Alliance. Uh, and I'm 
just want to make sure you all got our correspondence uh, on this agenda item. LPA supports this project uh, and uh, agrees with the uh, staff recommendation on this agenda item. Uh, but I'm here tonight to just walk through a little bit of uh, LPA history regarding this building uh, to get it on the record. And it's a pretty interesting story. Uh, LPA formed in 1984 uh, as they began their work to survey uh, on their own buildings around town that they felt were cultural resources. Turnhaller was right on the list way back in the uh, 1980s. In March of 2012, uh, LPA member Mike Goins and I were looking for uh, the next LPA project. And we were looking at houses in East Lawrence uh, that might that were distressed and we might uh, consider purchasing. A friend of ours noticed we were looking and said, uh, you could buy Turnhalla. Uh, we, we're aware that the owner of Turnhalla has uh, gotten some bad news from this insurance company and, and he's kind of stuck as to what he's going to do. So there began a very interesting property negotiation that Mike led with uh, Rod Ernst. Uh, we would go into Ernst Hardware and we figured out, uh, go in once a week. It was either Tuesday or Wednesday, I don't know uh, which. Uh, it was uh, late morning. We'd just start talking to Rod about, well, what can we do here? How can we save the turn holla and we can help you get through this? And some weeks we'd poke our head in the door and Rod would say, nothing today, guys. We'd we'd leave, come back the next week. By September, uh, so that was March. By September 25th, 2012, LPA purchased the turn holla. It was a uh, owner uh, held mortgage with the balloon payment that LPA did not have the money to pay off the balloon. We were putting ourselves at tremendous organizational risk. Uh, by spring of 2013, LPA hired trainer architects to produce the historic structures report, uh, the HSR. Uh, we got the turn hollow listed on the Lawrence Register of Historic Places. And we won a $125,000 grant from the Douglas County Heritage Conservation Council for a stabilization project at the turn hollow. Another thing that happened in 2013, which was a very rainy summer, is uh, we lost our occupancy permit there. Uh, there were so many water infiltrations just slowly destroying the turnhalla. And Free State Glass was in the basement of the turnhalla, and all the water coming from everywhere would end up filtering into the basement where we started getting some mold, and we lost our occupancy permit, and uh, that was the end of Free State Glass. That was a real tumultuous time, but as I look back on it now, if LPA hadn't have stepped in a year earlier, that same thing would have happened to Rod Ernst and the building would have been in a crisis situation, whereas we were already planning and funding a mitigation project to begin bringing Turnhalla back on track. Uh, Early in 2014, that stabilization project was completed, led by architects David Dunfield and David Vance, working with structural engineer Sean McGarity. April 2014, LPA offered Turnhalla for sale. Uh, 
And on December 2nd, 2014, LPA sold the turn hauler to Tony Krisnich, and uh, we signed the preservation easement running with the land that was recorded. And that was the document that Patrick referred to that's in operation as we speak and will continue to be. Uh, so that was an exciting time. It looked like something was going to happen, but a couple years went by. Tony kept looking for a way to proceed with the project with a partner that would be an end user. He just wasn't able to figure out a way to make it happen. And by spring of 2018, LPA had some major concerns. One, 904 Rhode Island, the little brick house next door that you see in some of those photos, was empty, no tenant. It had been, it was in very, very rough condition. Uh, people were going into the place and they weren't supposed to be there. Uh, we were concerned there was a big side yard uh, ripe for an addition. And we were thinking, wow, somebody's going to buy this place, come down to HRC with a huge addition gentrified project. And uh, we don't want to go there. There was something else happening, though. The parking lot across 9th Street, which was owned by U.S. Bank, uh, was also showing signs of disuse. Uh, it, they, the bank had used that lot for their employees to park in, but once the city built the parking garage, the it was closer for the bank employees, so they just started going over there. I forget if we got tipped or if we just started becoming concerned that the only place in the immediate area that could be parking for Turnhalla could get sold with downtown developer and a multi-story building could go up. What do we do? LPA decided to buy both properties. Uh, in the fall of 2018, we purchased uh, 904 Rhode Island and we put a uh, protective covenant on it, running with the land uh, that, that very distinctly showed where an addition could be placed because it did need an addition. There was no uh, first floor bath. Uh, and by September, by December of 2018, Angie Blair uh, bought 904 from LPA and did a did a great rehab on it, actually better than a more preservation-oriented rehab than we would have thought. She kept almost all of the interior plaster, which we didn't think anybody would do. Uh, the negotiation with US Bank was very interesting and took longer. And we were very fortunate that we had a land use attorney on our board helping us out. I don't think it would have happened without that. Uh, other bidders were talking to US Bank, uh, but the bank knew that LPA had a, a very community-minded uh, purpose for our, our purchase offer. So, uh, by, by the fall of 2018, LPA did purchase that lot. We, we put down some earnest money and we got eight personal loans, eight LPA members to cover the cost of purchasing the property. And again, our land use attorney stepped up. And, well, Dennis just bought us a parking lot. We're all going down. Uh, 
I think we better work something out here to cover our costs. And we worked out a lease agreement with Tony Krusnich, uh, which Tony's lease payments uh, paid our taxes and paid our interest on the loans. But the other very interesting thing about that lease agreement was there's an option to buy, uh, an option to purchase the lot from LPA for the same cost that we paid for it. Uh, but to do that, to trigger that option, you have to complete a substantial rehabilitation of the turnhalla and gain an occupancy permit. And when uh, the now new owner of uh, Turnhalla called me this spring and let me know that they were seriously considering purchasing the uh, Turnhalla, uh, he wanted to be very clear that he wanted to make sure that he could assume that lease on, on the uh, parking lot. And without it, he would not be interested in pursuing, that's what he told me, not be interested in pursuing purchase of the Turnhalla. So here we are, uh, LPA is really happy. We realize there's a long way to go yet. Uh, a lot of things uh, to be done at that building, uh, a lot of agreements to be made. Uh, it'll still need some help, but uh, it's great to be at this point where we can actually contemplate a building permit uh, happening at the Turnhalla. Dan, were you wanting to provide? Go ahead. Uh, this is Avery Kerner, planning staff. Um, I was just gonna ask if Mike Myers wanted to provide any comment on this item. If not, I think that um, we're through uh, the comments to be provided. I don't have any any uh, major comment. Really, I just wanted to uh, thank everybody, as you know, especially the LPA for keeping this building uh, as a, as a possibility to to restore, and then uh, also just for, for this meeting. Um, Thanks for everybody for uh, doing a great job of introducing the project. And, and really, I'm just here to stand for questions. If anyone has anything uh, specific to the design or uh, the structural issues that the building has. So um, just here, if you need me, let me know. This is Chair Meyer again. Thank you, everyone. Um, good to see you. Dennis, we haven't seen you in a long time. Uh, so it's glad to see you back in action. Um, uh, Patrick as well. Now I got to call out Mike. So everybody, uh, that was good. Uh, I don't think as far as a commission, I mean, I think most of us are pretty familiar with the project one way or the other. Um, either following along or being here before. Jeannie, do you have a comment to make? Well, like everyone else, I'm really thrilled about um, what's going on, what's happening with the Turn Hall. And uh, as you know, as like everyone says, we all know this building, uh, the history, the significance of the history quite a bit. Um, as a former theater professor, I'm particularly excited about the stage um, and the green room. Um, so I was curious, I just had a brief question on what the dimensions of the stage uh, were and um, if the stage floor needed will be re repaired or, you know, what shape the floor is in. Uh, 
uh, Mike Myers. Um, I would have to pull up and I can hear real briefly. Um, I won't share screen, but I can get you uh, an idea of the size of the stage. Um, as far as um, restoration, um, what our goal primarily for the building is to keep it in its current state um, to the extent possible. Um, and so, you know, the stage will get restored uh, and, and the, the current structure will be looked at in terms of its capacity to support uh, live loads as the building code um, requires us to look at them today. So we'll be looking at the structure specifically to see if it's strong enough to, to hold, um, you know, the, the code required um, loads. And then as far as the materials, anything like a wood floor that's there now, um, we would be looking at restoring that. Um, exactly what that looks like in terms of how we do that, uh, I'm not sure yet, but the goal in the end would be for that to be a historic wood material um, sanded and refinished. Um, as far as the size of it, um, you know, I'll just give you a really rough idea. The, the, the lot is 50 feet wide. The building is um, in that area of the building is about 50 feet wide. And so the stage width, because we've got the, the part of the wing coming off on the south um, at about it's probably 20. I, I would say it's about 30, probably 30 feet by 20 feet. I actually, if 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 you want, I would take me a minute to pull up the actual area of that, but I do I do have the calculation on one of the pages here. If it's that's fine. Not my current Jake, drawings. I just wanted a ballpark to uh, you know kind of get a sense of the sorts of um, theatrical events that could happen there. You know, it could be stage readings or and and of course concerts, music, poetry, etc. So. Um, again, I just have high hopes for um, for getting uh, uh, Laurentians excited about different kinds of events that could be held there and just have a sense of what the size of the stage and the, the house venue itself could be. So thank you so much. Chair Meyer, again, any other comments by commissioners for discussion? Uh, Commissioner Holland, uh, first, let me just say I have uh, totally support this project. Just a couple of detailed questions. This looks great. Um, I th between the perspectives and the floor plans, Mike, on the east side, on the floor plans, it looks like there's some breathing room between the historic window and the green room addition, but on the perspective, they look jammed up, and I suspect that's just a rendering thing. I was just curious if there's a little, little space there. Uh, well, what I've done is left a little bit of space. Uh, so what you're seeing in the plan view is probably the window trim. You know, I think we left enough space um, to to so that we wouldn't be stepping on the trim of the window. The windows all have a little crown molding over the top of them. So we're trying to get that green room, you know, as big as we can without without um, really crowding the uh, the actual trim on the window. In, in the end, you know, it's it, there'll probably be 
three to four inches between the outside finish of the wall and the uh, and the trim on the side of the window. Two more, both details, if, if you get them. I was just curious about the history with the sloped roof, the membrane roof. Was that a compromise with um, any of the neighbors or is that just overall makes, makes sense? Because that was the one aspect massing-wise that seemed a little foreign, but I know you've studied it and I was just curious if there is history there. The, the, are you talking about with the first edition or with this new, uh, new structure? One. As far as why we didn't use a gable or a shed, is that what you're asking for the primary? You asked about the material. Uh, sorry, I was just mentioning that to identify it, but I guess the the sloped, the small portion of sloped roof, I was just curious why you didn't do two low slope roofs, why it tapers back down. No, no major objections. I was just curious because it seems like an item where there might be some history or negotiation there. So oh, no, that was really just me following the, the the stair. That's where the stair is. So that's trying to get trying to bring the the height of the building down as far as possible. You see that the main volume of the addition is just above the historic windows on the first addition. We're just giving the building, the new addition, enough structure that we can get above those windows because those windows, um, there are a window and a door that will remain visible at the back of the stage. Um, so we're trying to, we don't want to step on those. That sets the height of the building, but it's just not quite enough height to get uh, into the current second floor area on the southeast corner of the building. So I'm really just trying to minimize that height as much as possible um, with, with while still getting you know physical access without hitting your head on anything coming up the stairs and into that second floor office space. Does that, that answer your question? That is completely rational. I was just curious about the history of there. Yeah. So I think if, if you can, I'm um, Stan Hernley. Um, so um, can you see the image of the perspective there? Yeah. So we debated that quite a bit and we looked at various ways of dealing with that stair. So there's a little space on the south side of that original historic addition uh, that's up on the second story and there used to be a stair that, well, there is currently a stair that goes up to that from the stage. And as part of what we're doing, um, that stair that goes up is being removed. And as part of the new stairs that are going into the new addition, we're taking the stair up to that second level of the existing historic addition uh, to have a small office up there. And so the, the way the stair works, um, it allows us to pull that east, that east edge down. We looked at it doing it flat where it just stepped up again to another height. And it's such a narrow little piece. It kind of created a, a an unusual looking stepping up it you know it it's kind of it looks a little odd from the bird's eye view with this pitch i think the 
the street level view uh, is probably a little better kind of image like from that direction. So from that perspective, we were trying to minimize that taller, the view of that taller roof. Makes sense. So that's, that's why we did it. <laughs> As I said, intellectual curiosity okay. only, not an objection. Um, and Mike, if you have one, one more, this is a minor, again, just curiosity, because if you need a rehome for the John Prine mural, I'm pretty sure we can, <laughs> I know, I know a building owner who would, who would find it, but where do, where is that going to live? I, that's a really good question. I, I, I don't know the history of the John Prime mural, but I'm, I'm working on an addition uh, and remodel of a house for a well-known local muralist who I suspect maybe um, may have had something to do with the John Prime mural. And I don't know if we all know this, but you know, John Prine was actually uh, the first person I ever heard of, uh, first famous person to pass away from COVID-19. Um, so I do think that something needs to happen with John Prine there. Uh, exactly what that is, I don't know. <laughs> I appreciate your interest in it, Jay. Mr. Meyer again, any other? Yes, uh, Commissioner Coleman. Um, I, thank you. I fully support this project. I think this is great. Um, I love the design and I can't believe that you fit all of this into this small area because if you've ever been there and stood on the site, it doesn't seem like there's this much space between the alley and, and the existing historic addition wall and um, getting that stair in there to get to the second floor, that's a tiny little space and, and the stair that's there now is, is hard to navigate. So um, from the exterior and the use of the window proportions and the door arrangement that kind of mimics what's going on with the historic building, but it doesn't match it, um, to how you respected that one window we were talking about earlier and the building wraps the corner and doesn't overshadow the, the original building or the historic addition. I think it's lovely and thank you. Thank you. Mrs. Chair Meyer, any other discussion? It looks like there isn't. So um, I will make a motion. Um, I'll make two motions actually, but we'll take them in order. Uh, that in accordance with the Secretary of the Interior Standards, the standards of evaluation, um, uh, I move that we approve the project and make the determination that it does not damage or destroy any historic property included in the National Register of Historic Places or the State Register of Historic Places. Um, Register of Historic Kansas Places. Is there a second? Commissioner Coleman, I second. Mr. Chair Meyer, uh, I've made a motion. Uh, Commissioner Coleman made a second, so we'll go ahead and take a roll call vote. Commissioner Irby? Commissioner Irby, aye. Commissioner Johnson? Commissioner Johnson, aye. Commissioner Ezell? 
Commissioner Zell, aye. Commissioner Klein. Commissioner Klein, aye. Commissioner Coleman. Commissioner Coleman, aye. Commissioner Holly. Commissioner Holly, aye. Commissioner Myers, an aye. So that motion carries seven to zero. Um, then I would also uh, move that in accordance with chapter 22 of the Code of the City of Lawrence, the standards of evaluation uh, find that the proposed project will not significantly encroach on damage or destroy the landmarks or their environs and that the that it, uh, we issue the certificate of appropriateness for the proposed project. Is there a second? Commissioner Clark. Second. What a horse race that was. Um, okay, well, uh, I'll give that to Commissioner Irby. I heard the second first. Uh, there's been a motion uh, by Commissioner Meyer and a second by Commissioner Irby. Uh, we'll take roll call vote. Commissioner Irby? Commissioner Irby, aye. Commissioner Johnson? Commissioner Johnson, aye. Commissioner Ezell? Commissioner Ezell, aye. Commissioner? Commissioner Klein, aye. Commissioner Coleman? Commissioner Coleman, aye. Commissioner Holly. Commissioner Holly, aye. And Commissioner Meyer is an aye, so that motion carries as well, seven to zero. So, very exciting. Congratulations on moving forward, and we look forward to seeing um, everything in progress. Thank you. Okay, Commissioner Meyer again. Um, that concludes our public hearing items. We do, however, have a special miscellaneous items category tonight, which is a special use permit, SUP-22-00165, expansion of existing legally non-conforming bar lounge use at 735 New Hampshire Street. Lynn Braddock-Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. One of your administrative reviews this evening was this special use permit for the state law review. Um, the building use is expanding into the um, storefront next door. The connection will be interior and that will be a separate review process when the architect has the drawing submitted for that. This is for um, the use expansion. Under Chapter 22, the Historic Resources Commission has the opportunity to comment on any special use applications. Um, typically, the commission has not done that in the past, but certainly that's an option for the commission this evening. And I'd be happy to answer questions about the special use permit if you have any. This is Chair Meyer again. Thank you. Um, is there any public comment on this item? There is no public comment on this item. Um, this is Chair Meyer again. I guess we'll bring it back for any discussion. Uh, go ahead, Jeannie. Uh, Commissioner Klein, I just had a question on what the um, previous use was for 735 New Hampshire, like what it's been, has it been or, and how long it's been vacant. Um, I'm not sure. Lynn Braddock-Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. I'm not sure how long it's been vacant. I believe a couple of years. It was last used 
um, as grinders. And then there was another restaurant in the area in the building um, that has been closed. Was that a barbecue place? I think so. I think it was a barbecue place um, that's no longer there. And then Leroy's has been operating as a pool hall um, for some time now. So it's a come, they're expanding into that space to allow them to have more service area. I can comment on this item if anyone has questions. I didn't realize this was up, but I, I'm I'm working on that project if anyone does have questions. It actually was, uh, I think, Armor Amusement on the first floor for a long time. So it's really just kind of an unfinished space where they kept uh, pinball machines, cigarette machines, things like that that went out. Uh, and at one point in time, the second floor was a recording studio. This building was not actually part of Grinders, um, but it's between Grinders and the bottleneck. Mr. Chairman, again, Mike, um, do you know what specifically they're doing with the expansion? I actually was in Leroy's uh, in May for a graduation party. So is it just additional seating? I, I may be confused here on this. Is this, yeah, with the address, I'm not entirely certain I'm speaking to the right project right now. Is it actually for the expansion of Leroy's? Lynn Braddock Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. Yes, it's for the expansion of Leroy's into the um, property adjacent. I'm, I'm, I'm misspeaking then because I have another project that's just to the uh, south of that right mm -hmm. next door that um, is having some similar issues. I, I, I was pretty sure that the 735 was the right number, but apparently it's not. So I take back everything I said. <laughs> this is Chair Meyer. Okay. Although we look forward to potentially hearing about that project. <laughs> uh, I, I personally don't have any commentary on it myself. So Commissioner Irby, neither do I. So I don't, I don't see that any of us do, and we don't have to take any action on it. So I guess we'll leave it at that. So with that, uh, uh, that concludes our agenda this evening. So I will go ahead and move that we adjourn for the evening and we'll see everyone next month. Thank you. Okay.